What's up, guys? Welcome to Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Noah. Uh, unfortunately, Colin could not join me this week, but I found a guest to take his place. Um, and that guest is a man who gave me my introduction into the um, audio media world, and that is Mr. Ryan Mason Cup. Ryan, how you doing? Thanks for joining me tonight. Thank you for inviting me. And, yeah, it's a blast to be here. Um, I'll try to make myself as articulate as possible. NBA isn't exactly my strong suit. It's actually probably um, the championship of uh, second tier of English soccer, but I'll do my darndest to uh, stay coherent and all that jazz. Yeah. And for the listeners wondering, um, Ryan was also a student at Indiana University. Um, I met him through one of my roommates. Uh, They worked at a sub shop called Dagwood's. And Ryan used to have a radio show on IU's WIUX radio station, and he Ryan would have the universe. Yep. Yeah, Ryan reviews the universe much better than Bench Chatter. Um, and okay, let's not know, go that far. <laughs> he's a seasoned vet of the audio game, and today we're going to talk about the um, MVP race. And I thought this was a good time to talk about the MVP race because a couple weeks ago, before LeBron and Jokic got hurt. It, um, it was really looking like a three-man race between LeBron, Embiid, and Jokic. But now that LeBron and Embiid have missed significant time, it's it's looking like a completely different race right now, honestly. Uh, wouldn't you agree, Ryan? I mean, couldn't you argue that just because of those injuries on um, Embiid and LeBron, it's simply Jokic's race to lose? Like, doesn't it make it more clear that he is just playing out of his gosh darn mind um 26.8 points per game has played in every single game this year um the nuggets look amazing i I just don't see any scenario barring an injury where he doesn't win it yeah um on my short list i have Jokic at number one right now uh denver 29 and 18 uh, they started off the season pretty slow, but they're coming around now. And as you already said, he's played in every game this year. He has 57% field goal, 42% from three, and 86% from free throw this season. Um, and Basketball Reference actually has him as the favorite right now to win the MVP award at 52.7%. But I think it's a little more complicated than that, Ryan. Um, I think that... I think that Jokic, we know what he's bringing every night. He's going to get close to 30, 10, and 10 every night. But I don't really think it's in his hands at this point to secure the MVP, which I know sounds weird, but I think it's more on Jamal Murray and the Nuggets and Michael Porter Jr. to keep producing for the Nuggets for them to win. And I think winning is, number of wins is one of the biggest factors when it comes to MVP, you know. I couldn't tell you the last time we saw an MVP whose team wasn't a top one or two seed in their respective conference. So while I do think it's Jokic's to lose, I do think he still could lose it if his team doesn't perform well enough. Would you agree with that, Ryan? If I, I, I hmm. yeah, no, I, I would, I would probably agree with that. I, I, I just don't think that to say that's out of his hands and simply he just needs his teammates to do the heavy lifting for him i just think that's a bit um i don't know it just seems rather cruel to have for him to have this amazing season and then 
just not give him the honor, honestly. Um, but like there, there are other um, contenders out there. James Harden's putting up great numbers. Um, Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, um, Giannis, as always, um, Kawhi. Um, who should we really talk about next? Who do you think? Yeah, so the guy I have second on my short list right now is James Harden. Um, he plays for the Brooklyn Nets, who are currently 32-15 and 15 on the year. And the Nets as a franchise this year, they've kind of been unstable, to say the least. Um, KD's missed significant time. Um, Kyrie's missed a decent amount of time. And they weren't really that deep after the James Harden trade. But the one constant for the Nets has been James Harden since they've traded for him. And so far this season, he's averaging 26 points, 8.2 rebounds, and a league-leading 11.2 assists. Um, basketball reference right now currently has him at the 19.9% to win the MVP, which I actually think is a little low considering how well he's been playing as of late. But he kind of has this, he kind of has this um, stigma or caveat attached to him. You know, his people say part of the season with the Rockets just playing against his favorite circle. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he, yeah, totally. He has the whole quit on the Rockets scenario um, that I think plays a pretty hard part into him not getting this award this year, even though I think he's playing well enough to warrant him getting votes. Um, so it's really on the voters how they view that whole scenario. You know, I don't really hold it against him. Um, I think he gave his all to that Rockets franchise and. Yeah, you can say he quit on them the last couple games they were playing, but he gave them their all for, what, like six, seven years that he was there. He got them the farthest they've ever been. And talking more about his time on the Nets, I think Harden, out of the big three of KD, Kyrie, and him, I think Harden's the one that has sacrificed the most, and I think he should be commended for that. Um, when Harden and Kyrie are both on the floor, um, Harden's really taken over that playmaker role, um, as opposed to Kyrie, who we also view as a point guard. But Kyrie's really been playing the shooting guard role. Um, Kyrie really just has to go out there and get buckets um, for the Nets to win, um, while James Harden has to worry about getting everyone involved, which I think... Much more of a facilitator than, yeah, say, Kyrie is. Which, on a team of superstars, I think that is your playmaker is the most core piece of your group. And James Harden currently has the second-best odds to win right now at minus 700. Jokic is actually minus 125 in sports books right now. And yeah, I think Harden's second, but I have questions on when KD returns, if Harden's production can warrant him getting the MVP votes over Jokic, which I don't think is likely when a guy who comes in like Kevin Durant, um, who will demand the ball in his hands, I just don't think James Harden will have the pure usage numbers to get the MVP. How do you feel about that? I don't think I, I think his stats sort of speak for themselves. If there was anything to dissuade the committee from uh, voting for James Harden, it would really just be the yeah, like you said before, the stigma of him giving up on the Rockets and leaving them for better pastures, sort of stuff. Um, other than that, I, I think he's worked out great for the Nets and is an excellent contender um, for the MVP award. Yeah. And the guy I have next on my list is actually Giannis Attentacumpo, who I think has sneakily been playing super well um, 
over this last month, month or two, but I don't think he warrants the respect that he gets because, you know, people expect this out of Giannis. He's a two-time reigning MVP. Um, the Bucks are there 29. Three players to win the MVP award three consecutive times. So if you were to do it, um, can you guess who um, who he would be with on that list? Jordan? Nope. Oh, three consecutive times. Three consecutive say. MVPs. It's yeah. got to be old guys. Yep. No, like Will Chamberlain? Old guys. Yeah, there, there you go. That's one. Bill Russell? Yep. Let's go. And one more guy? Yep. Modern? Um. Okay, uh, he's either a Celtic or a Laker. Celtic or Laker. Shaq? Nope. Celtic or Laker? Pre-Jordan. Pre-Jordan, Celtic, or Laker? I don't know. You're just going to have to tell me. He's from Indiana, my dude. Larry Bird? No, Larry Bird's not a Laker. No, I said Celtic or Laker. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's Larry Bird? Larry Bird. Damn, look at you, Bill Russell and Larry Bird are the only three players to have won the NBA MVP three consecutive times. Wow. Um, Putting him with them would be pretty great company but honestly I don't think I, I I really don't think that he I I would really put Kawhi or Luka Doncic uh, as more likely to win than Giannis this year like um they had uh, tw- at 29 and 17, they have the same record as the um, Denver, and I would honestly put Joker above him in that sort of category, sort of deal. What do you think? Yeah, the Bucks right now they're 29 and 17. Um, that's good enough for third in the East currently. Um, the only team, two teams above them, are the Sixers and the Nets currently. But when you look at Giannis's numbers, he's averaging 28 points, 11.4 rebounds, 6 assists, 1.2 steals, and 1.3 blocks, which are almost identical to Jokic's numbers. Um, Giannis has better defensive stats, but Jokic averages 2 more assists a game. So I really do think it comes down to how do the voters feel about a guy who... You know, we've seen significantly improve since he came in the league, but you could say... Since he's won MVP, he hasn't significantly improved, but he's been keeping steady with those same MVP numbers that won him in previous years. So if you're a voter, how do you feel about that? If Giannis doesn't increase his numbers or his wins because they're already first in the East, does that does that play into you not wanting to vote for him because he could 3 P? I I think it does, honestly. Uh I think the committee would want to add some variety, even if Giannis is sort of neck and neck with someone else. I think they, for whatever reason, I'm not saying it's right. It's sort of like the college football playoffs where they'll just go for um, the most safe choice rather than an outside one. Um, I I don't think that they would go for Giannis um, over Jokic at this point in time. Um, so at the moment, um, no, continue. 
yeah, I kind of agree with you that I think um, I think Giannis attempting to get the three P just doesn't play into his favor when say he didn't win it last year or the year before and he was competing for his first MVP. I think he would be right up there with Jokic um, because they actually have the same record. But yeah, I think the I think the past MVPs just play way too hard into his story, which I think is um, I think is a slept on factor of the MVP award. I think people always love a good story. You know, they love the media grabbing headlines, and Giannis just isn't really that anymore. You know, he's just a little boring. Um, would you agree with that? Giannis isn't like the hot name right now to talk about, you know? Who would you say is the hot name to talk about then? I I don't know. I think if you were looking at the MVP race right now, I think I think Harden's a hot name that people would be hopping on right now to as a dark horse winner when Giannis probably isn't in a lot of people's like thought of, oh, this guy could win MVP. But we talked about those three. Um, in my opinion, those are the three favorites right now to win the award. But there are some outside sleepers, too. Um, LeBron is one of them. You know, when I saw Anthony Davis go out, and if you would have asked me a month or two who was going to win MVP pre-LeBron injury, I probably would have told you LeBron. Because I really believed in that time Anthony Davis was going to miss, LeBron was going to cement his MVP case. But unfortunately, you know, he suffered a high ankle sprain. He's going to miss two to three weeks. And um, in three weeks and a shortened season, you know, I think that plays way too much against him. And I don't really see a route for him to get back into the MVP race. But I think that's fine. Um, I don't think LeBron's going to sweat that or anything. They are just worried about making the playoffs. Once they make the playoffs, they know that if they play their best basketball they're better than any other team in the league, which, you know, when you have LeBron, how can you not think that? Um, do you have any... Have AD, yeah, yeah. It becomes even more difficult. Yeah. Um, do I have any sleepers or... Um, yeah. What? Do you have any other guys? Um, as sort of a meme answer, Bradley Beal, um, leading points, um, 31.5, I think. Um, how many points per game is uh, this man having per game? Um, Bradley Beal, the only problem is he's on the Wizards. Um, the Wizards aren't doing that great at the moment. Um, and in addition, uh, only he's not – at this point in time, you have to have like a pretty much a triple-double gu- every other game in order to be a contender. And he's just not putting up the amount of rebounds and assists that may someone else um, might. Um, Joel Embiid um, – However, with him, it's simply a matter of the fact that he's only played 31 games this season. Um, Joel Embiid, however, is the second highest points per game out of any player in the league at the moment at 29.9. But that comes with around 15 games less than, say, your Damian Lillard's, your Giannis Antetokounmpo's, your Jokic's, your um, Harden's sort of deal. Um trying to think who else um Luka Doncic um the problem with the Dallas is that they're very very hot and they can be very very cold um I don't think that um they he has a chance simply from the 
um, Dallas Mavericks standings within the league at the moment. Um, Kawhi Leonard probably has also an outside chance, but I don't know. I haven't watched uh, many uh, um, Clippers games, so I can't really speak on him at all. What do you think? Yeah, Kawhi is actually um, fourth on my short list right now. Um, the Clippers, you know, they're 32-17. and 17, But kind of like the Giannis situation, um, Kawhi's just a little bit boring, you know. he He's, to me, um, Kawhi's a guy who is so consistent that it's boring. You know, he drops 8 points every quarter, 8 to 10 points every quarter, which adds up at the end of the game to almost 30 points. But it doesn't feel like he does. he's a 30-point scorer. Um, on the season, he's averaging 26 points, 6 rebounds, 4.3 assists, and 1.8 steals, which are fantastic numbers, but I just don't think... I personally don't really enjoy watching Clippers games. I find the Clippers a little boring compared to some of the other teams in the league, which I think other people also share that opinion with me. So I don't think Kawhi is getting the spotlight he needs, but he's been putting up really good numbers on a really good team. Um, which I think warrants him at least being in the conversation or sitting at the table. Uh, but going back to a guy like Bradley Beal, um, Ryan, me and Colin have had a conversation during um, around the All-Star break, or around the All-Star game. Um, we were talking about, you know, Bradley Beal puts up these crazy numbers, but yep. at a certain point, are they just empty? You know, like, can you really warrant a guy like Bradley Beal um, starting an all-star game or being in the MVP conversation when he has the numbers, but is he really helping his team that much? Not really. It's sort of like when Trey Young or Devin Booker will put up like 60 points in a game, but then still lose. Yeah. Like at that point in time, it's just, um, I don't want to use the word stat padding cause that's probably a bit too mean, but I think that's um, what it is. Uh, I, I I hate like just calling something just. It sounds seeing, mean. Yeah, yeah, it, and it feels it feels unwarranted because obviously, like if you're playing in the NBA, getting points against any team is still uh, a, a something to be commended for. Yeah. But if your team isn't doing well despite that, then uh, questions sort of have to be asked. At that point yeah. And I think a good example of a guy who used to put up really big stat lines but wasn't helping his team win that much was actually Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls. Um, I think he used to kind of be Bradley Beal-ish where, you know, he'll drop 35 points but the Bulls will still end up losing by 15. And we've actually seen that change this season. Um, Zach Levine, you know, his scoring's dropped a little but his assists and his rebounds have also both gone up while he's shooting more efficiently, which to me shows a guy who recognized that maybe him taking every shot um, that he can get isn't the best option. And that shows me that he is now making impactful plays that translates into winning games, which I think shows that the maturity of his growth as a player and as a team leader which is something I really like to see out of a guy like Zach Levine, which I think is something Bradley Beal could, um, you know, take and see um, to see what he could do to help improve himself and his wizard teammates around him. Uh, but yeah, I just think Bradley Beal's just on an oasis out there in Washington, really. Um, 
I think every game he plays, he's really just wasting away his body until he can get out of Washington. And if we could see him actually go to a winning team, um, he could deserve to be in this conversation if he could put up similar numbers. Uh, but yeah, so my short list in whole was Jokic at one, Harden at two, Giannis at three, and Kawhi Leonard at four. Um, other guys on my short list were Dame Lillard, who I think is having a fantastic season, but the Blazers just don't sure have the... Has, and he sort of always has a fantastic season. And yeah. Standout game-winning shots that just are sort of fresh in our minds, and then they sort of collapse within the second round of the playoffs. So. Yeah, that's um age-old story of the Blazers, honestly. Um, yep. But yeah, he's been the one constant for the Blazers this year, too. Um, CJ McCollum and Nurkic, they both missed significant time. And during that time, I actually thought the Blazers were going to dip down in the standings quite a bit. But Dame really went crazy, and he held them afloat. They're currently 29-18, and 18, which would tie them for the fifth seed currently with the Nuggets. And yeah, that's all credit to Dame, really. Um, he's just been willing those, that Blazer team to wins. And after Dame, I had LeBron. After LeBron, I had Curry, who I think is having a fantastic season, but the Warriors just simply don't have enough wins. Um, I have Luka, same situation as Curry. The Mavericks just don't win enough, aren't going to win enough games. And then I have Embiid, who we talked about only played 31 games this season, but he's actually coming back on Saturday after missing three weeks. And I think he's going to put his um, name back into the ring for this MVP race. And... I wouldn't doubt if he finishes, like, maybe second, third in votes this year. Um, I know the game's miss will count against him, but um, the Sixers currently have the best record in the East, and I think that's a lot of credit to him. Um, so, yeah. Do you have any other thoughts? Not the moment, honestly, no. Um, All right. Yeah. And, you know, Ryan, you're here. I have you on a guest um, on my basketball podcast, but I think it would be... I think it would be bad taste if we didn't talk a little soccer here, Ryan. Um, okay, there we go. You know, All right, I'm in familiar territory. There we go. Uh, for our listeners, um, me, personally, I'm a fan of Leicester City, uh, who is currently third in the top league of the Premier League, English Premier League. And Ryan is a fan. Of, yeah, tell him who you're a fan of. Watford FC first. Then FC Utrecht in the um, Dutch Eredivisie, then Real Sociedad in La Liga, um, but mostly Watford FC in the Championship, which is the second tier of English football. Um, and right now, <laughs> soccer is on an international break. Sorry, Noah. Um, so unfortunately, um, we're, we don't get to see much club stuff, but. There was something pretty cool that happened today. North Macedonia defeated Germany in a 2-1 shocker that was not even close to as close as it was. And um, Lowe is L-O-W. It's got those two dots over his name. I guarantee he gets fired after this. Holy <laughs> cow. No. Did you see the goal um, Timo Werner missed? I did see the goal Timo Werner missed. At this point in time, what do you think about his standings on Chelsea? Like... Uh, obviously, he's going to stay there, but was that transfer a mistake um, by Roman, essentially? You know, to call it a mistake, I think that's pretty harsh. Um, I really do. I think Timo Werner 
he clearly hasn't been up to his standards or what Chelsea thought he was going to be this season. That's pretty clear. But I think he sneakily had a pretty good season. And we're talking about a kid here. Um, how old is Timo Werner? Like 21? Um, um, I be- yeah, I can find that out for a second. Yeah, we're talking about a super young kid here who, you know, the Premier League is different than the Bundesliga, Ryan. Um, the Premier League, you really got to bring it every week. And I think he's just having a bit of a, you know, a transformation period, I guess, is what you would, transition period is what you would call it. Um I think he's going to I think his confidence is just at an all-time low and you see that with the goal he missed today. Um you know Timo Werner of last year, he bags that goal 10 out of 10 times. But I think his confidence is at an all-time low, which really plays into how a player views himself on and off the pitch. Um so I think he'll get back to what he was, but I think it's just going to take time. I think the defense in the Premier League is much better compared to what the Bundesliga is and yeah, I don't think it was a bad transfer. It's going to work out for them, but... I think it will work out quicker as well due to the fact that they have Thomas Tuchel as their manager and not Frank Lampard. Um, yeah. Turns out Timo Werner is 25 years old. Um, oh, this okay, season, he has only had five goals last season. Do you want to have a guess? 27. Yeah, 28. Let's go. Yeah. So, yeah. But can you can you speak, Ryan, to um, maybe the difference of quality in terms of teams to the Premier League versus the Bundesliga for our fans who would, aren't aware? I would argue that the Bundesliga is much more top-heavy than the Premier League. Um, if you were to pit um, the seventh-place team in the Premier League up against the 7th place team in the Bundesliga, the Premier League team is probably going to win 9 times out of 10. Um, I Actually, heck, I think isn't Liverpool 7th at the moment? Yeah. Like, yeah. So then definitely they would win 10 times <laughs> out of 10. Like, um, like, them against something like, I don't know, I don't know who's 7th, maybe Wolfsburg or um, actually Dortmund has not been doing that well with this year. Um, the Premier League is also a lot more of a physical league than the Bundesliga. And the Bundesliga, while being in the top five, is seen as... For the, for the teams that aren't Dortmund, RB Leipzig, and um, Bayern Munich, is much more of a feeder league towards your La Liga teams and your um, EPL teams. Yeah. Um, You know, Ryan, I can't have you on and not talk about um, how I today found out that Ben Foster, um, former goalkeeper for Watford, actually has a TikTok, and he makes some pretty good TikToks, I'm not going to lie. Today he had a little Q&A, and one of the questions asked was, who is the fastest player he's ever seen on the soccer field? Um, Do you have any guesses of who he said? It's going to be something. Ah, oh, jeez. Is it a Man United player, maybe? No, it's actually a Watford player. It's a Watford player. Is he currently at Watford? Yes. I swear to God, if it's Troy Deeney. No, 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 no. <laughs> you think Troy Deeney's the fastest player no, Ben Foster's ever no, seen? No, I know, but, like, uh, it's just Ben Foster is... Um, 
Ben Foster is sort of. Um, if your viewers aren't aware of, do you know what Arsenal Fan TV is? Yeah. Ben Foster is our version of Arsenal Fan TV. He's got this YouTube channel where, like, he'll post people scoring on him from a little GoPro after matches. <laughs> um, he's got his TikTok. He's he cares more about cycling than he does um, <laughs> soccer um, and don't get me wrong he's a great guy uh, and I love him to death but um, at some point you're like what, what are you doing man like focus <laughs> on the game and, like I don't need you to be talking all this uh, crap and smack um, on your little TikTok um, when you're we're going to be beaten by Brentford in the next day um <laughs> It's it's just, um, who, who, João Pedro maybe I don't know. Dude, um, you have to know who this is, right? Think of the fastest guy on Watford right now. A star maybe. Yes, it is Ismail Sar. Ben Foster said that Ismail Sar, in terms of acceleration, is the fast. He has the most acceleration out of any player he's seen, and he says his top speed is faster than any player he's ever played against. I think he's being very, very nice to his male Sar, but as much as I am a Sar fanboy, I don't believe that Sar is the fastest player that Ben Foster ever played with. I mean, again, Ben Foster played for Man United for a while. Um, I think he was one of... He, he might have been uh, one of um, Sir Alex Ferguson's last signings before he left. Um yeah, no, he was spotted by Manchester United manager Alex Ferguson um, and then made a bid for him for $1 million. Um, that's hilarious. Um, and he was a backup for um, Edwin van der Sar. So he was playing with people like... Um, I'm trying to think. Would he be playing with... Rooney and all of them, I think? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think he's just spending a yarn, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had to slap the Insta follow on Ben Foster's um, oh, TikToks today on his profile. I'm you sure know, you're going to be sending me a bunch of they're um they're actual gold. <laughs> no, it's the thing. It's very much like Arsenal fan TV in that it's a bunch of fun for people who aren't of that club <laughs> but if you are of that club you're like man what are you doing what, what are you doing get on the pitch and train <laughs> but you know I mean, before i let you go ryan i have to i have to get your thoughts on um leicester city football club you know my my squad um who currently sit third in the premier league um <clears throat> they're 56 points one point behind man U. They have a current record of 17 wins, 5 draws, and 7 losses on the year with a 21 goal differential. And, you know, Ryan, the most impressive part of Leicester's season this year, I think, so far, um, I have two points. Um, This season so far, we've beaten the Big Six, which for our listeners, um, the Big Six is um, the big... Six of the biggest cl- clubs in the Premier League. Um, it's Liverpool, or Man the U. Clubs. Yeah, richest More, clubs. Yeah. 
Man U, Man City, Chelsea, Tottenham, and Arsenal. And Leicester has actually beaten all six of them this season, Ryan. And my other most impressive point is they have a 10-4-1 away record this year, which I think is just absolutely phenomenal. And it's really all a credit to Brendan Rodgers. Um, I think it's really slept on how good of a manager Brendan Rodgers is. Um, and, you know, I owe him the I owe them everything because coming into Leicester, I picked them because they were a middle-of-the-table club, and I didn't really want to pick one of the big clubs and be seen as, like, a bandwagoner, you know? And I've got to see them progress and come up to what they are now, and I think they deserve to be in that conversation with all those rich clubs because I think quality-wise, they're right up there with them. I, I listen to the Guardian Football podcast all the time, and they don't call the Big Six the Big Six anymore. They call it the Big Six plus Luster. So it's not. Let's go. Um, yeah. So it's not like no, no longer a Big Seven, but um, Lester is constantly giving the getting the prop that they rightfully deserve. Um, Jamie Vardy just ages like a fine wine, and has increased his technical prowess. Um, despite the fact that maybe he's losing a bit of his pace at his old age. Um, and I'm trying to think what else. Um, what was I going to say? Um, and aside from maybe an early exit in the Europa League, Leicester City have had an amazing season. Yeah, we lost to the racist too. Slavia Prague, dude. We, uh... Couldn't do it against them. It felt pretty bad, Eastern, but... Eastern European teams are always going to be just a little bit iffy in that they are... They're always seen as, like, the perfect stepping stone for um, foreign players in South America or Africa or Asia and before they go on to... A bigger club because you know that if you are the best club in Romania, you're going to get European experience. Um, you don't, you won't get that if you are, say, um, a mid-table club in La Liga or um, the Premier League. So it's always sort of sneaky with Slavia Praha, with um, um, the Ukrainian clubs, um, Dynamo Minsk, all that jazz. Yeah. Um, I see Leicester losing in the round of 16 or whatever it was to Slavia Prague kind of as a blessing in disguise. Um, you know, it would be cool. Focus on the league. Yeah, it'd be super cool to see them win Europa League. Um, I haven't seen Leicester ever win a trophy because I became a fan the year after they won the uh, Premier League. Uh, but yeah, I'm really happy they're focusing on the Premier League. I really just want to secure a Champions League spot which I think will also help secure um, our, our players not wanting to leave this summer, uh, which I think is a super big thing for smaller clubs like Leicester. Um, you know, these rich clubs, they will feast on um, clubs like Leicester's up-and-coming prominent players um, because, you know, they can lure them away with, oh, we're a bigger club, we can offer you more money, blah, blah, blah. But I think winning is the ultimate, you know... Um, What's the word I'm trying to think of? The ultimate, um, you know, like, factor that why why should a player from Leicester go join Arsenal right now when Arsenal is fucking below us in the table? We're better than Arsenal right now. And 
Yeah, I think Lester. I think there's a lot of Spencer Poolford. Let uh, hear you. Yeah, I think there's a lot of um, shades of this season Lester's having right now to when they also won the Premier League. Um, we've been a team that's been struck by injuries. You know, just off the top of my head, Soyuncho missed significant times. James Madison's missed significant time. Harvey Barnes, Jamie Vardy, um, James Justin who I think was one of the best young fullbacks, up-and-coming fullbacks in the Premier League until he tore his ACL. And I think that's all credit to some of our rocks on our team. I think Cashper Schmeichel's been amazing this season. He started every game. Yeah, he's been like a top-five goalkeeper for the past half-decade or so. Yeah, and... You can quote me on that. And I don't know if you've been watching Leicester games, Ryan, but Brendan Rodgers has actually switched our formation quite a bit. And now we play a back three of Johnny Evans, Swanucho, and Wesley Fofana, who was a uh, who's a literal nineteen year old who we signed over the summer from a French team, and he's been amazing. That back three of Swanucho, Johnny Evans, and Wesley Fofana is super hard to break. Um, Johnny Evans is one of the saviors of this Leicester team for real. Um, he's a constant force in the game, who is always there, always in the right place, and now that allows us to play. Ricardo Pereira, who just came back from ACL um, injury a couple weeks ago. Timothy Castagne, another summer um, signing, came over from Atalanta. And we get to play Ndidi and Tulemans next to each other, who I think might be, when we have Madison, Ndidi, and Tulemans healthy, I think they're a top three midfield trio in the Premier League, and I would go to my grave on that. Hold up. So if they're playing three at the back, are they running a 3 5 So it's it's Fofana, Johnny Evans, and Soyuncho at the back. It's Ndidi and Tulemans as holding midfielders. In an ideal situation, um, we'd have Madison at cam. We have Castagne and Ricardo Pereira as wingbacks. And then we play a mixture of Harvey Barnes and Jamie Vardy up top, or Jamie Vardy and Iannaccio up top. Who, Iannaccio, he's been amazing as of late. Um, I think in the last three weeks he has eight goals and assists combined. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to ask some quick questions and then you can sort of decide um, where to go from here on the pod. Um, who do you think wins the Premier League this year? I think it's City's to lose. I don't re- uh, realistically. I don't think anyone can catch City. Um, you know, Leicester plays City this first game back after the break, and I really think if. If there were just more games on the schedule, you know, I think Leicester has a chance of catching City with how they're playing. But I think City it's City's it's City's trophy to lose. They're playing absolutely out of their minds this year. And yeah, League who do you think League wins? Oh, Man City as well. Um, okay. Same question, League One. League One? Yeah. League uh, is, who's who's top of the table right now? It's Lille actually. How many points is PSG behind? Uh Okay, PSG. You, you don't believe that because PSG, if I recall correctly, they're um, they're third. No, no, they're they're top now. They're even with Lille. Um, All right, PSG. For my uh, Bulldogs, oh, bummer. Um, yeah, but no, that's an extremely close race. You've got PSG um, and Lille tied with sixty-three, and then. Leon, um, three points behind at 60. Um, all right. Um, same question, the championship. The championship. You know, Ryan, 
My heart wants to say Watford, but I also have a friend who happens to be a Norwich City fan, um, and that is Mr. Cooper Cormier. And, you know, I think Norwich might just do it. Um, I think yeah. Norwich has a great mix of young talent and also guys who have um, veteran presences. And I think that they're a, they're a pretty tough team um, in terms of teams in the championship. Totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. Um, that, that concludes my sort of quick who's going to win the league. Actually, uh, what about the Champions League? Last one, last one. Champions League, I think it's truly between Bayern or Man City. Um, I think those are the two current best teams in the world. Um, I think we'd get really blessed to see a Bayern-Man City final. And if you, you know, you had a gun to my head and I said who wins, I'm going to go Bayern. And you know, Ryan, I'm going to go one step further and I'm going to lock it in. No, 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 you're not. I'm going to lock it in. Bayern wins the Champions League. For those of you who don't know, locking it in is a sort of curse <laughs> within our soccer group chat. If you say lock it in, um, that team, the opposite of what you just said, will always happen. <laughs> so, Man City to win the title. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Who would you so, pick, Ryan? I would I would go with Byron as well. Um, Hansi Flick is just an incredible manager and has put together a squad that is just unplayable um it looks like finally Robert Lewandowski will get his Ballon d'Or um you've got people like Serge Gnabry um Alfonso Davies um, Leroy Sané these just amazing pieces at the back front and center just working as one cohesive unit to just steamroll anyone whether they're Barcelona or God knows who else. Yeah, I agree with that. Bayern's super entertaining to watch. Uh, they're the best team in the world right now, and I think soccer is a soccer is a good place when Bayern's a powerhouse in Europe. You know. Absolutely. All right. One last thing before I let you go, Ryan. Um, Man City announced that they would not be bringing back Sergio Aguero after his contract runs out in the summer. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on Sergio Aguero and where he ranks as um, where he ranks in greatest Premier League strikers of all time because I think he's pretty high up there for me. Um, I, I, I think we'd go top five. Um, you have to sort of take longevity into the account, and uh, Alan Shearer is always going to be my number one, uh, especially um, as his goal has not been even close to being broken um, Sergio Aguero certainly has attempted to put a dent in it but unless he stays in the Premier League which I sort of doubt um, he's Alan going to Leicester we'll just, I, I don't think he would go I, I think he goes to he's going to Barca Syria. Uh, Barcelona really yeah they they have so many financial issues at this point in time. I don't see a move to Barcelona or La Liga. Interesting. I think La Liga is probably, in my eyes, the league most likely that he would go to. I mean, there is the fact that he speaks the language, which makes it 
so much easier. But I also wouldn't be surprised if I see him in one of the big five clubs in Syria. Okay. Whether that would be um, Juventus, maybe after um, just as like a super sub sort of deal. Um, I could see him on. I, I actually no, I can't see him on AC Milan or Inter. Yeah, he's going you know, to Barcelona. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's going to Barcelona. <laughs> pairing up with. Pairing he wants up to with link up with his Messi. Argentinian brother. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. All right. Messi. Well, Ryan, um, I really thank you for coming on on such short notice. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about basketball, but I always love talking soccer with um, a f- another fellow soccer fan that follows it and is as knowledgeable as you. And I also want to thank the listeners for um, tuning in. Uh, you know, a little different episode this week. Um, if you don't enjoy soccer talk, you know, I'm sorry. But, you know, the whole first half of the episode was basketball talk, so you can't be too mad. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts, Ryan? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, apologies that my uh, basketball NBA insults, uh, in, 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 not insults, uh, insights aren't um, as um, deep as your normal co-hosts, but I was very thankful and um, glad I could get this opportunity to talk with you, bud. Yeah, you know, listeners, if you ever need an expert on how the Eredivisie League is going on, you know who to hit up. That is Mr. Ryan Mason Cup. And thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast, and we'll see you on Sunday. Peace out.